I guess we could talk about it in the intro. Let's talk about it in the intro. Yeah. So Dylan texted me the other day. <laughs> the first time he's ever said the, these words to me. He said, are you busy? Can I call you? Something important happened. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I literally thought that our, like my first guess was that you got somebody to guest on our podcast. That's like relatively like cloudy. <laughs> and I was like kind of nervous. Cause I was like, Oh my God, no, I'm going to like talk to like a podcast. Host. I don't listen to podcasts. Like in case no one knows that about me. I got Dasha. I, oh yeah. If you got Dasha, I'd be super stoked. Um, <laughs> but I was like, Oh no, now I have to like listen to a bunch of podcasts. <laughs> so I don't feel like an idiot. Um, but no, I got even better news, I feel like, because all on our own. What happened, Dylan? And out came talk. Talk, talk. Hi, everyone. Hi. We left you with a little teaser just a second ago, didn't we? Ooh, yeah, we did. We did. But what could that teaser be? We'll do it after we explain who we are. Hi. <laughs> this, this, this is a stupid idea. Who cares? Whatever. Welcome to Straight People Movies. It's a podcast where we two gays we get together. We watch a movie made for straight people, and we ask the question, why did you give us an award? Why? I mean, why? like, we're happy, but why? Why? <laughs> We fucking won a Critics Award from the Austin Chronicle, baby. Yes. And not just the Austin Chronicle, but the LGBTQIA plus section of the Austin Thank Chronicle. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have a stack of Chronicles on my kitchen island right now that I am, I've already cut up and framed one of them. So I'm going to keep another one. I'm sending one over to Kirk. And yes, then... because I actually live in Los Angeles now. So I think it's yeah. really funny that the only time I've ever been recognized for anything I've ever done in the city of Austin <laughs> is after I moved. I lived there for 10 years, by the way. <laughs> and it's like this very specific Austin podcast. Well, okay. I did get... I did, you know what? I'm selling Almost myself, a, I'm selling myself a little short, but it's just been a minute, okay? Like, yeah. I've, I've won other things. Okay. Yeah, you've you won other stuff. And like... Sam, I've also won other things, but those are community awards. Like, this is like, we won a fucking award. Yeah, Austin this Chronicle is so a big deal. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Austin yeah. Chronicle. It Our numbers amazing. have gone way up. They really have. It really made a difference. And it goes to show that, like, just one person, whoever you are, I don't mm -hmm. know who you are, who wrote that beautiful blurb about us, but whoever you are, like, just that one thing made such a huge difference for us. So thank you so much. What's the, you could be in a room with 99 people. Yeah, exactly. Gaga. Gaga. It has been or, so long since we've talked about Gaga in our intro. I know. We, so we, we used to talk about Gaga in our intro for, I think, about 15 to 20 episodes straight <laughs> and before we, we gave can't up. And we can't do this anymore. Well, she just doesn't do... After um, yeah. House of Gucci, we just ran out of things to talk about. Yeah. Because there was Chromatica, and then House of Gucci happened like pretty soon after that. Yeah. Well, speak, I do have a Chromatica, but it was the only funny thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was at the Pride section of Target the other day, just cruising, and... For uh, dick? For dick. Yeah. For, for, for some it. NB dick. And mm -hmm. um, they had this vinyl, like pride vinyl. And all it was, was Dawn of Chromatica and Dancing the Devil, the Artist Starting Over by Demi Lovato. Those yeah, were the two wait, pride is, vinyls. That wasn't the now that's what I call pride vinyl that I saw. Not vinyl, no. CD. I need that. Now that's what I call pride. I heard that it's got like Harry Styles on it, but it doesn't have like any disco or like of any of that kind of stuff on it. It's Amazing. 12 Muna songs, a Betty Who song. <laughs> Rico Nasty, Rico Doja Nasty. Cat. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, Morgan yeah, Ed Sheeran, the gay legend. DaBaby. Uh, it's got everyone you could ever want. I Absolutely. love it. Oh, we should introduce ourselves like our self-selves. We did. did we do that? Yeah, we already did that. Did we say our names? Yeah, I said it. I think so. Oh, no, we didn't. Shit, you're right. We, I don't think we did. <laughs> I don't think we did, Dylan. I'm Dylan Garcia. <laughs> and I'm Kirk Van Sickle. We're doing, and we're just so nervous. We're There's so like nervous. 20 more people listening now. I know. <laughs> this is our first post award episode. And 
Well, actually, we recorded one yesterday, but I was told everyone, I was like, we cannot talk about the award because it will not make sense chronologically with the episode. So we have to talk okay, about it But that's okay, because we love, okay. like, you know, apparently Cronenberg's new movie just premiered at Cannes. It's getting middling reviews, as does everything since, you know, 2010 that he's done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently it doesn't make any sense. And we don't have to make sense either, Dylan. That's no. art. Look, we are talking about a movie that makes very little to no sense today. You got that right. And I'm very excited to talk about it. What movie are we talking about today, Kirk Van Sickle? Ah, well, we are talking about the new release <laughs> from A24, the film Men. Men! Which seems very apt, but also straight people movies? I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get it's into it. directed I... by Alex Garland, and it stars Jesse Buckley, Rory Kinnear, Rory Kinnear, Rory Kinnear, Rory Kinnear, and Rory Kinnear. <sighs> Saying his name a lot of times in a row is really hard. Rory Kinnear. Rory Rory, 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 Rory no, that Wow. I, okay, never mind. It sounds After, very Joan Crawford. Very Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear. No, that Rory. was bad. Okay. After experiencing a massive tragedy, Harper goes on vacation in the British countryside. There she discovers that all of the men in the town have the same face. And guess what? It's a metaphor for trauma. 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 If I had a trauma drop, I would put it right here. Like a trauma. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about this movie and just to talk about trauma in horror films. Me too. Because uh, it's definitely something that has been, you know. It's the one thing. That, it, it's, it's been it. overdone a little bit. Let's a just say bit. that. Let's um, just say that. My favorite thing, before we get into it even more, this movie uh, flopped uh, hard. It made $3 million. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's unsurprising after seeing it. It was a very strange movie. I was shocked it was a wide release. Like, it was in, like, 2,200 theaters. Yeah, I mean, I guess they just really were banking on the whole, like, A24 horror thing. Yeah, girl, it's like Annihilation flop too, Mama. That movie made $40 million worldwide. It's so crazy that after how popular and well-received Ex Machina was, I almost think it's kind of like amazing that Alex Garland returned with like a polarizing second film, Annihilation, mm-hmm. which I think is getting kind of a cultish status over the years. Mm-hmm. It's much like Mother, which we'll probably end up discussing a lot too. Oh, but yeah. Men has got to be like, I mean... <laughs> that is a... Pivot from a pivot from a pivot, What's baby. weird is Men makes more sense as a second feature after Ex Machina than a... Like, it's like he got a budget and then was like, let me just... I guess no one wanted to give him a budget again after Annihilation. <laughs> yeah, because Annihilation was a Paramount movie. Yeah. It's, it, it's a money <laughs> in it. It had Miss Natalie Portman in it. Mm, that Jennifer had Tuba Nuvatni in it. Yeah, Tessa Thompson, girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie was... We will be spoiling it, so yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, right we don't do now. a lot of new releases very often, but so keep in mind if you're listening, if you really want to see Men and don't want it spoiled, maybe turn it the podcast off right now, go see Men, and then turn it back on right after. Yeah, to hear our thoughts uh, because there definitely is things to be spoiled in this movie, and this is your final turnaround warning. Do not pick the apple from the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Men. Okay, I fucking loved it. <laughs> so, I thought it was was um. I know, I am the only person. Dylan, wait. What? What are you gonna say? Are you nervous? Yes, I'm so nervous. I know because I'm I'm the only person on this hill. I feel so alone up here. I'm, I'm so sorry, Dylan, but I absolutely <laughs> hated this movie. I thought it was so bad. <laughs> I literally said to Jesus as it ended, I was like, this movie sucks. I hate this. (laughs) And it's so weird because I didn't really like Annihilation either, but I think it was just more that I felt that it was a little all over the place and I Mm. had been wanting to revisit it. I definitely respected it. Yes. Dylan, I did not. I thought that this movie was just so misguided. But mostly, other than the most bonkers ending I've seen to a movie in the last probably five years, it was kind of boring. I don't know. Am I crazy? No, you are not crazy. Once again, I'm the only person that likes this movie. <laughs> you're like, no, you're, everything you're me. saying is correct, Kirk. Everything you're saying I... is correct. I love it. I, me and Kyle Romero are the only people that like this movie, and I think I like it more than him. Um, but he likes all movies, and that is not a read on him. He will tell you that. Um, past and future guest. 
I think the reason that I like this movie a lot and the reason that I like Alex Garland's work in general is that he works in these genres that require like detailed explanation for everything. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi, horror, uh, adventure, whatever, whatever you would describe um, Annihilation as, and he gives you nothing. I mean, that's true. And, and I will say that that's probably one of the more fascinating things about men mm-hmm. was this kind of like unexplained pagan-esque folk horror element to it. Yes. Yeah, all the shit with the the statue that is those, never explained. Those sequences were cool. I do have to say, though, that I think what really threw me off about this movie, because we'll get to the ending. Yes, we'll save <laughs> the ending. We'll baby. get to the ending, honey. Um, <laughs> is that... I think that the thing I didn't like about men was I I I, I watch so I'm a big horror fan and mm-hmm. I love horror movies. I do think horror movies generally in the last five years though have been kind of really doing this whole metaphor thing, mm-hmm. like taking it to an extreme. And I can name five other movies at the top of my head that are about rentals gone bad. In the last five years. So I was just a little disappointed that he went in this direction of like, oh, it's like a grieving widow going to the countryside and just like grieve alone. And I was just like, but like, it's giving the ritual. It's giving the lodge. It's giving uh, the night house. It's giving, it's just, it's like, girl, like, why is everyone doing this whole, wasn't there that other one too with, um. Dave Franco? I didn't see it. Oh, isn't but. it just called The Rental? I think it's just called The Rental, bitch. <laughs> but even like The Invitation, which is not a rental movie, but yeah. it's like a go to another house and weird things happen to you movie. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then it always ends up being about trauma. Like, it's trauma. always the twist. But it's not even a twist, really, because it's like, you know from the beginning in all these movies, like, they're dealing with trauma. And it's usually that somebody died. Yeah. And they're haunted. I like I the way that it deals with trauma, though, in this movie. Um, it's kind of the same way that that's what I like about Annihilation, where, like, the end of Annihilation, um, Annihilation is a big metaphor for depression, and, and the central thesis of Annihilation is that the only way to get rid of depression is to literally kill yourself. Uh, Which, and, like, honestly, T. T. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, did he, was he wrong? Is he wrong? <laughs> and that is why it is a what gay movie and not that's a That's right, movie. baby. Um, and then I think what I really like about the trauma metaphor in this is that the first half of the movie, she's exploring trauma in this very external way. She's going out into the world. She's seeing all these people and everyone kind of looks the same to her. If you, it's the kind of what's the, I'm about to, I feel like such an asshole because in explaining why I like trauma horror movies, I'm about to reference fucking Bojack Horseman, but there's a quote in Bojack <laughs> where it's like, if you have, if you live the world with rose colored glasses and all red flags, just look like flags sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, so, yeah, the first half of the movie is her like really exploring trauma, but she's not really going too deep into it. She's just kind of getting angry, looking at every every clue is this doesn't help her. You know, all the all the men in the movie that remind her of her past are just they're just bad men. They fuck her up. And then the second half of the movie, whenever the shit starts to happen, when you dig deeper into the trauma, you eventually get to the root of it. When you dig deep into the ugly repeating, we'll get into the ending soon root of your trauma and you finally confront it face to face and you think you finally got there and then it's just as unsatisfying and it's so it's such a mean ending to a movie because it's like she gets to the end she finally thinks that she's gonna you know fucking address her trauma head on and then her trauma is still just a piece of shit that fucked her up i hear what you're saying and i feel like that's probably what Garland was definitely trying to accomplish here, but I do think that there's a lot of mishaps in the way the movie is made, or there's Mm -hmm. choices, I guess, that he goes for, and I respect that, I suppose, Mm -hmm. that I don't know if they completely work. Like, for example, all the characters are played by Rory Kinnear. Mm -hmm. Um, Why does she not notice that? Why do they choose to make it that she doesn't notice that? I just thought that was so interesting. It's like, so are we, the audience knows that this is all the same man in a sense because it's a metaphor of course yeah but like in the world of the film what is she actually experiencing or is anything that's happening in this movie real at all i guess it just wasn't 
dreamy enough to be Lynchian where it just feels mm-hmm. like this isn't real. This is just all like a painting about yeah. grief. Right. But it also, it, it does this straddling bit that I was my issue with the witch too, which I, I'm in the yes. big minority on my opinion about that movie, but it tries I'm to straddle, you. right. Being reality, but also being metaphor. Yeah. Um, and I just found it very, I found it weirdly oblique, but then the ending, I think, is what actually made me decide I disliked the movie because then the twist happens. Or it's not even a twist, really, but it's just it's like. just a, 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 a goes for it. I don't know if I can It is. Know. It is. And it's like Annihilation, right? It's like facing oneself. But mm-hmm. I feel like the choice to go in that direction, I don't know. I feel like it sold the whole movie short for me a little bit. Okay. I was like, oh, I feel like we could have gotten a broader, more intense or more kind of like just a, a different viewpoint, I suppose, on what men mean to her or to the yeah. world in this movie. Um, I feel like it just ends up being kind of like, oh, she's grieving her dead husband or whatever, and she sees him in all men now. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's like tea, I guess. <laughs> like, Yeah. But you it's call it your honestly... movie Men, though, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's a very loaded thing to do. Yeah, and I mean, it's... Literally at the end of the movie, it's men beget other men. Yeah, it's all a system. I this felt the most, especially in the first half. I it got a, Alex Garden got a lot of like comparisons and annihilation to Tarkovsky, but the first half of this movie felt really Tarkovsky to me. Yeah, the I really, could like, see slow, that. Slow, kind of exploratory. The woods being the sort of like weird, especially like mirror. That the tunnel scene is very Tarkovsky. Yeah, and I can see that. I know I didn't make that connection, but I, I see what you're saying. And then also she gets lost in the woods and then you mm-hmm. kind of lose the geography yeah. of the woods. Like you're like, oh, this is like an amorphous space that doesn't really mm-hmm. mean anything. So I thought that was cool. I did. Yeah, I like the first half of it because it was this very just meditative thing. Uh, and then we, I feel like we've been dancing around it. Let's talk and talk about the ending. Well, can I just say one thing really yes. quick about the first half? Because yes. I agree with you. When the movie was quiet, I was into it. I did think that Jesse Buckley acted a little too much for me in those moments. Mm-hmm. A little too much like, oh, the trees. Yes. Oh, the rain. Oh, the birds. <laughs> I was just like, okay, <laughs> bitch. Like, <laughs> let's just like take the facial, like just bring it down a notch. Yeah. Um, number two, I hate the trope of people calling or texting their friends when they're alone on vacation in movies. Mm-hmm. I think it okay. is just so lazy. They did it in Get Out, except it was done well in Get Out. They did it, it in out. fucking Hush. Like there's always, there's always like some friend and it sucks too. Cause it's the chick from her smell. Who's such a good actor. And I'm like, she's relegated to like fucking shit. I'm coming right now. <laughs> no, no. And no. I just like, sorry. I just had to say, I just thought that like that stuff with the meditative stuff really threw me off. I was just like, I would agree that that's probably the least thought out part of the movie. Yeah. It's is, like, just, just leave her out. Like just like, yeah. like not even half Truly her. doesn't have to be there. Does not have to be there. They just needed some sort of like. I think it's there for the visual end of the the, the visual. Because that was cool. That was scary. That was scary. Yeah. Mama, that was scary. Those little. (laughs) On the phone. Yes. Love it. Anyway. Yes. Let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the ending. So. The end. I was holding Alex's hand. We hold hands during movies because we're faggots. And whenever the ending started to happen in this movie. Fully, both of my elbows on my knees, jaw wide open, in pure disbelief as to what I was seeing on my oh, screen. I the most comple- upsetting imagery. <laughs> I completely, a hundred percent, totally agree with you. I think it might have been the most like surprising and repulsive scene I've seen in a movie in a very long time. Like, because like Suspiria twenty eighteen, it's like I was prepared. Mm-hmm. For the scene, mm-hmm. because it had been talked about a lot, nothing in the world could have prepared me for the ending of Men. I I'm... was truly <laughs> astonished by what I was seeing. I was like, this is a major release film, and <laughs> somebody just birthed a man out of their asshole. Who then went on to birth that person, birthed another person out of... Also their asshole? Yeah, I think it was also their asshole. And then it was through the ba- Bakusi. 
the the yeah, the, 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 the other, other bussy. bussy the other bussy <laughs> the other white meat yeah and then the most iconic one <laughs> was feet first birth out of the mouth it was fruit <laughs> jaw dropping it was insane. insane you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of like the birth of man chart you know like <laughs> yeah. It, like, I, I, I got it. He had to be influenced by that in some way because it was 100%. just like – It was like a path they were going on and on the path, they were just like bearing another version of the same man. And I was just like <laughs> – And it was in order, right? Or like an age it was in order because yeah, it's so like it was it's like the, the teenager the... first, mm-hmm. the one that calls her a fucking bitch. Okay. Never Rude. call a lady a bitch. Yeah, because he wouldn't play hide and seek with her. What a fucking faggot! I know. I need to <laughs> put him in the gay section. Um, and then it was the who was next? Was it the police? I think it was a police officer. And then it was the Airbnb host. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no! It was the Airbnb host. Then it was the priest. Yeah. And then it was. And then it was her husband. And it was her husband. <laughs> That's uh, when I that's when I lost it, Dylan. When the <laughs> husband walked into the room, I literally was like, "Ugh!" I scoffed so loud. I was in the empty theater at the Chinese theater that I saw that. Um, People were yeah. laughing in my screening. It was, it was I, incredible. And then the movie has like the mean spirited audacity, which you got to give it credit for, for the Mm -hmm. final conversation she has with her dead husband after all this crazy shit happens where he's like, yeah, bitch, it was your fault that I killed myself. Yeah. And you're like, okay, Mr. Alex Garland. So even after death, you think that men are just like, nope, I'm not taking any responsibility for this. This is your (laughs) fault. Which honestly, probably T. (laughs) <laughs> Probably T. Like I'm sure incredible. my grandparents are watching me right now up in heaven, just going, "Man, these this faggot. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? You know? It's so fucking it's just a, the audacity of that. It's because all of his movies have it's people confronting themselves. Their endings are people confronting themselves. You have like the iconic ex machina scene where she sees the other robots' heads from the from the walls. And escapes, and then he one-ups it with the, you know, the I mean, alien ballet. He'll never beat the annihilation mirror Inc- alien thing. Once I've said it a million times this podcast, but that made me openly weep in the theater the first time I saw it. I was so moved by the, the ending of Annihilation. And then he just fucking goes crazy with this. Absolutely yeah. fucking crazy. Balls out. I, I think that's why I love this movie so much, is because it just has this fucking deranged ass ending and i just well and it came out of nowhere because let's be honest and again this is why i think the film was poor in my opinion was that mm-hmm. not really anything that 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 crazy happens up to that point mm-hmm. i'd say maybe the sequence where the guy cuts his head open and puts a leaf in it was a little <laughs> oh that was weird <laughs> or um, maybe when they cut the, the arm in half and yeah and then, has the arm. The, the, and then the rest of the movie the arms cut in half which i did feel stupid though that i didn't realize until the end like oh like her husband, okay. Like mm-hmm. he also cut his arm like that because you see in the film they show yeah. it that he cut his like when he he jumps off of a building and he like yeah. falls on like a uh, a fence, um, a gate, I guess technically. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I th- that so that reveal was kind of cool because I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, huh. But at the end of the day, though, I still don't quite understand the connection between the men of this town and her husband. I just like. Like, because I don't know if the men are real or not, because they're all played by the same actor. And I'm just like, this feels not real. So is this real? I don't well, know. We don't know. We'll yeah. never know. We'll, because all you see, the only person who exists outside of this world that comes up is the friend. And we see the crashed car and the trail of blood. Well, that's why the friend is important, I suppose, and why mm. he put her in there. Because it grounds it in reality, which is one of my issues with her inclusion. It's like, okay, yeah. so there's no question... Like, there is some sense of reality happening. She went to a rental in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Like, that happened. Um, and she clearly... Someone took her car and crashed it. Maybe it was her. Maybe it was high-tension style. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. But stuff went down with these men, most likely. And I just think that, like... 
it's like my same issue with mother. I know you love mother too, but mother. it's almost like I wanted mother to just be a movie about a woman who can't get these people out of her fucking house. Yeah. It's like, just let it be a movie about a woman who has all these unwelcome guests in her house, destroying her fucking house. Cause that's powerful. It's just powerful enough. Yeah. The sink was embraced, bitch. That's terrifying as a Taurus moon horrifying. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like I feel the same way about men. Why can't it just be a movie about men terrorizing this woman? Good you question. Know? Yeah. You know, because I just feel like if you leave it there, there's mm-hmm. more, you can kind of let it just exist and then people can kind of be like, oh, I when mean, did I get out of this movie? You know? That's the most Tarkovsky of it all. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things I miss about old directors is I feel like they were a little bit more like, they just let a movie happen and then mm-hmm. you have to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, and let's just get into A24 horror. I think that's a reason that this movie people love this movie so much is because a24 has such a good pedigree with horror i guess like a relative good pedigree like we think of the, know, the hits are hits the hits are hits but then we with the misses baby that we forget about the misses we, we just forget about we try to forget about them look oh that's tv shows uh it's i think it's mostly hereditary midsummer yeah it's ari aster it's ari aster shit and, and robert eggers i guess yes um and, like, I guess, like, the first, like, horror movie I think that A24 did would probably be Under the Skin, if you consider that a horror movie. Yeah, I I consider it, hmm, I put it in the same category as, like, Lynch, where it's, like, mm-hmm. I think you could call it a horror film, but it's not going to be, like, tagged horror, like, at the video store or something. Yeah. It's like Requiem for a Dream. Like, to me, Requiem for a Dream is a horror film. Exactly. Then I guess you would say The Witch. I would say that The Witch was their first big, like, because The Witch was, because Under the Skin was pretty small, like, Mm -hmm. art housey, like, people love that movie, but I don't, I don't feel like I hear people talk about it then or now that much. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, like, critics. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd say The Witch was the beginning of it all for The Witch and Green Room are kind of, like, sister first movies. And then you have shit like it you know it takes where is the next movie that i'm thinking of it comes well, at night which i think is the first kind of flop of see it's so funny because i loved it comes at night i haven't seen it i know you do but i think that's a movie that is people don't like it's and i think it, i feel like it's held in low esteem yeah it is it comes at night's an interesting film because it's a movie where there's a supernatural element in it, but it's very in the background. And then it ends up being a movie more about how horrible people are. And I'm always a big fan of um, that kind of more like Lord of the Flies esque kind of psychological film where it's mm-hmm. like you put people in a really fucked up situation. How are they going to act? Like the mist is another example of that sort of film. Exactly. I think, you know, yeah. which I also really like, but then hereditary, that's where shit like explodes. Yeah, it I pops feel like off. that's where like a 24 levels up majorly that's a movie that I, I we'll talk about it later. Uh, spoiler, we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna talk about it later. Uh, but that's a movie that I feel like I didn't get as much out of it as everyone else did, um, and I need to revisit it because the first time I saw it, I didn't love it. I liked it, not loved it. Yeah, I um, also didn't like love love it the first time I watched it. I actually liked it a lot more the second time, and mm. I think that what changed my mind about it was that I realized that it's funny. Yeah. I think, and I still think to this day, people don't realize that about the movie or Midsommar is that there's a really sick, twisted, dark. I mean, yeah, Midsommar is a little bit more obvious, I would say, but in Hereditary, there's a really sick, twisted sense of humor at the bottom of everything. I mean, you can't say a line like, like there's a part in Hereditary where Tony Collette is drawn, like she's making a miniature of her daughter's psychotic freak accident, and her husband's like, "That's weird. Stop doing that." And she's like, "It's an objective viewpoint of the accident." <laughs> like, girl, like that is a that's Lena not Dunham camp. Line. Like that's not camp. Yeah, it's uh, a Lena Dunham line. It yes. is a line from girls. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so I think that Mitchell that helped. Mar. Yeah, Midsommar. I feel like, because that movie made so much money. It made almost $50 million, which is huge. From Even uh, though it's a three-hour-long horror film, which is pretty exciting. I I feel like there's been a recent, like, turn of, like, Midsommar is actually overrated. Oh, really? I haven't really noticed that. Um, Um, On TikTok. People are very... Also, a a thing I keep seeing on TikTok about men that I want to just say really quickly and never address again. 
but I'm very tired of going on TikTok and seeing people just be like, I just saw Men, a movie about a woman written by a man. Oh my and God. Like, okay, boring, boring take. It's so boring. It's such a boring take. Uh, and oh, Oh, sorry. Say what, finish what you're saying. I just saw something I'm as excited about. Oh no, go on. Go. What are you going to say? No, wait, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save, save it, it for a later section. Oh, save bitch. It. I just uh, saw a totally un- not seen movie under the A24 film. Let's go. All right. We'll rules. keep it for another section. Um, okay. Um, I was going to say that St. Maude is kind of like another. I liked St. Maude. I think like people didn't like it, but I liked it. I didn't it. like it either. I didn't like it. Uh, that um, That's a pandemic movie, unfortunately. And then now this is kind what about of climax. Would you consider climax a horror film? I do. I do. I think it's horror, but I think that movie is too gay and too artsy to be like in the pantheon. Although it should be like considered way higher. I feel like it's kind of tough to talk about just a twenty-four horror because looking at their movies, they don't really have that many. It's like really, it is the Eggers Aster show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's then there's it. like there's then the rest of them like, it's like killing it, of a sacred deer. It's like a one-off genre. Yeah, and X right? came out X. earlier this year. I really liked X a lot but I feel like it's more of the whole like what scream the new scream movie called elevated horror in Mm. general because there's a lot of movies that are not under a24 that I feel like I would actually argue that what started the elevated horror movement was it follows in 2014 yes I feel like that was kind of the first movie I remember when I saw that movie I literally was like I've never seen a horror movie do what this movie is doing and I loved it and I still love it to this day um uh, so I feel like it's still massively underrated. Oh, it is. I feel like people didn't like it when it came out and it never really got its flowers, but uh, I know a lot of horror fans that really like it a lot. It's incredible. The The score is so good. Oh, the score is amazing. The cinematography is incredible. Incredible. Um, but I, I feel like... Follow up. You know I love Under the Silver Lake. That's such a Dylan movie. Oh, I watched the first 30 minutes of that and I absolutely hated it and turned it <laughs> off. It's a it's a very Dylan movie of just like a lot of nothing happens, but it's presented as something happening. I love yeah. that. I mean, whenever Miss Riley shows up, I get excited. So that yes. that that was fine, and then I got bored. Um, I think that so I feel like when you talk about like elevated horror, you've also got to include like the movies I kind of mentioned earlier. Like there's like you know movies that come out on like Netflix or Hulu, like these random one offs that like I feel like I would say that like they come out. Letterbox goes goo goo over them mm-hmm. everyone's like this is the great next next big horror film that's like a big problem with the community mm-hmm. right now it's like the night house came out for example and everyone's like oh my god this movie rules and me and jesus watched it and it was totally fine it was yeah. a totally normal fine movie it was basically what lies beneath but made <laughs> oh. in 2020 but what lies beneath is so good i mean i love what lies beneath yes so that wasn't a read but it's just kind of like i feel like people are very addicted to this like trauma based um, horror metaphor thing where it's like, it's not about jump scares, which also jump scares are underrated. Can I just say that on the, yeah, on the oh, I record? I love a jump scare, bitch. What is wrong with a jump scare? They're fun. Nothing, Nothing is wrong with a jump scare. They're all good. Uh, I mean, don't use them all the time. I would say, but like a well-timed jump scare is mm-hmm. great. One of my all time favorite jump scares and we're big fans. I mean, at least I am. A uh, fan of the series of the Paranormal Activity series, but I love the jump scare in Paranormal Activity se- Activity Two, where they're just in the kitchen, and all the doors open. Oh yeah, all the ca- so good. It just scares. I, the shit. I <laughs> think the scariest. That's such a classic jump scare. There's this like Thirty Rock joke where it's like, remember when movies were just a what is it a man a man with a hat used to chase a man with a mustache, whatever. Like that's how I felt about that. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that maybe the reason why our age group has a contentious relationship with it because I feel like a lot of people in our age group are the ones shitting on jump scares is that we grew up with the jump scare. Mm -hmm. I feel like jump scares really had their heyday in the 2000s. Um, The first jump scare I can remember that really to this day is probably still top five. One of the best jump scares I've ever seen in a movie is in the ring when they show the girl's face in the closet. Fuck the ring. is Like if the ring came out today, it would be nominated for Oscars. Oh, the ring is like, I have a tattoo of The Ring. I think Hell The yeah. Ring is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I love the original Japanese one too, but I will always love the American one more just because it was like the first modern horror film of the time that mm-hmm. I fell in love with. Um, and it scared the shit out of me when I was a I kid. I watched it and relatively recently and it's still fucking scary. It's so good. And like Gore Verbinski, another underrated blockbuster director, I would say, that needs to get his flowers soon because his mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean are fucking weird movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ring is great. And I really liked that weird movie he made with Dane DeHaan a couple of years ago. A Cure oh, for Wellness. I oh, liked that yeah. movie. I thought it was fun. Um, but anyway, jump scares are cool. But anyway, so the whole point of bringing up jump scares was that I think people like elevated horror because it's not about jump scares. And there's usually like good acting in it. And it's like thought out. It's artsy, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. which is so funny to me because I feel like you could watch like House of Wax remix with Alicia Cuthbert and that shit's artsy. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. The best horror movie the past five years is Malignant. Oh, yeah. And that's absolutely. Do I agree with that statement? Wait, Think of something me, else. Wait. Think of something else. No, no, no. Well, you're putting me on the spot, Dylan. You're like, you're trying to manipulate me because I've been looking at No, no, it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I no, mean, I think you're right. I think it's the pleasure. only horror film from the last five years other than Midsommar that I gave up like a four and a half to yeah. on Letterboxd. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like elevated horror fans or like fans of just a 24 horror movies, like don't really want to get into the, the weeds of what make a genre really good and like understand what makes a genre great. I think this is why I like scream so much is because like scream, it both is a thing and explains it to you the thing. And like malignant, go back and listen to any of spin a spin a wheel throw a dart at a a board of our episode titles and we'll talk about malignant but malignant just was like it remembered and we talked about this already a lot on the pod but we'll reiterate ourselves it just remembered from our award horror can be fun Yes. We forgot because hereditary, yes. that's what's so ironic about hereditary starting this like trauma metaphor movement is that hereditary is a fun movie. Like that's mm-hmm. the irony is it's like the thing that hereditary has that these other movies don't have is that it has a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it more scary and more disturbing. Yes. Um, while these other movies are just so schlocky, I would say like, it's just so like, wah, wah, like depressing. I watched this other one called, it had Emily Mortimer in it. Oh, oh my God. What the fuck was it called? And it's like, it's another one of those where like a woman is like dying. They're like mothers dying of like dementia. And then it becomes a metaphor for like not wanting to let go of the, your loved ones when they're dying. Um, no. See, I can't even remember its fucking name. Cause it's just like every fucking movie is like that now. I'm like, relic. I'm, yeah. Relic. It's oh, just yeah. like, I'd even say mod, even though I liked it. St. Mod's the same thing. It's just, all, it's the, it's a main character who has unresolved trauma and has to face their trauma. And it's just like, it goes back to like when Jamie Lee Curtis, like said trauma, trauma, (laughs) watch the video of Jamie Lee Curtis on the Halloween, uh, kills press junket saying trauma. But, um, everyone acts like it's like a new thing that horror is about trauma. I'm like, horror's always been about trauma. And I think that's a thing. That's a thing that straight people fucking love is being like. Actually, we've said straight people love metaphor. They do. We've said that in the past. Well, we've said that we like metaphors and that straight people like analogies. But honestly, they like both. They like both. Yeah. Because um, I don't need a metaphor. No, do you I need a metaphor, metaphor for trauma. I don't need no. Fun. Like you just like the movie because men birth each other at the end yeah, of the movie, right? It's you know what I mean <laughs> because of an impreg fetish. Uh, and that's why I loved it. No, uh, yeah, just saying, just like talking to somebody about a movie and being like, you, but you know what the thing I really liked about this movie is that it was a metaphor for trauma. It really explored trauma. And trauma's over. We all I have trauma, bitch. I think that that movie, that word should be banned from discourse. It mm-hmm. should be banned from essays. It should be mm-hmm. banned from reviews. I don't think that like, Anyone, including us, so we should stop after this episode, <laughs> should keep talking about fucking trauma. It's a boring take. Yeah, boring. Yes, in any movie, forget horror, any movie, there should be trauma because that's character development, baby. Yes. Something happened to the character and they have a flaw and then their fatal flaw is probably what fucks them up in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. this is writing 101. Like, I mm-hmm. literally, like, it's not, you're not interesting when you say it's a metaphor for trauma. Like, after you go see a fucking movie. Like, it's not, it's boring. It's a boring take. It's incredibly Sorry. boring. You know what movie actually has an interesting take on trauma? It's fucking Malignant. 
Like mm-hmm. the, that is an yes. issue. Cause yes. that's a movie about your trauma, literally not being able to leave your brain and having to go into your brain and fix it. But it's done in such a clever way that it's like not fucking annoying. Right. This right. Is- because, because again, there's always going to be, but it's like 10 years ago, we weren't all like the ring is about tr- the trauma uh, of what Samara faced and her inflicting it upon the world. It's like, no, the bitch is crazy. Yeah. I don't care what the fuck happened to her. She killing people with a videotape. That's not mm-hmm. okay. You know what it's I mean? The horse, it jumped off the ferry. Yeah, she made a horse kill itself. <laughs> Who cares if she got thrown down a well? What a fucking insane fucking scene in the movie. I love the ring. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe what it is, is that older horror films tend to be about the trauma happening. Yeah. (laughs) Like the traumatic event is happening. Like you're fine. Like everything was fine in your life. Like it was peachy. And then Michael Myers came along and fucked your shit up. So maybe that's the big difference. And now movies are all about the horrible thing already happened. And now I'm haunted by it. But the haunting. Oh, you know what movie we totally forgot to talk about? That literally is the king of this thing that we're talking about. It's the fucking Baba Duke. I was... The fucking Babadook. It's the Babadook's fault. The Babadook is actually patient zero. Yeah, you're right. It yeah, follows it's like the dead. It's the Babadook. The oh Babadook. my God, because that came out before Hereditary. Yeah, it's the fucking Babadook. It's the trauma of motherhood. And it's that like, movie... you know what else about the trauma of motherhood is fucking The Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, The Exorcist, like, fucking the priest, like, he's got trauma because his, like, trauma. mom died. And, yeah. like... But no one's like, wow, the exorcist is about him, like, really facing his trauma. No, they use the words, like, oh, he's, like, dealing with his, like, loss of faith. And it's just more complex when you talk Mm -hmm. about it, you know? Well, it's all shit. It's, like, it's the classic show, don't tell, you know? Yes. And these movies are just tell. Well, right, because you don't really, like, in the exorcist, I mean, it's been a minute, so bear with me, I suppose. But, like, he has conversations about him, like, losing his faith. But you never Mm -hmm. make the connection, I don't think, really outright, that his loss of his faith is directly in line with his mother dying. And then the demon shows him in that really horrifying image, his mother. And then he says, your mother burns in hell, like blah, 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 blah. And then that's when you as a viewer are like, oh shit, the devil is actually what is giving him faith in God again. And that's why the exorcist is a fucking masterpiece. It's incredible. A fucking you know? brilliant, brilliant movie. And it does that all through show, all through show. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to tell you. And you know what else would be shows? Men, men, Having men. I don't know. I I do think, so I I did want to bring this up. I feel like men has kind of finished out this like uh, unholy trinity of Mm -hmm. misguided feminist movies that have come out the last few years. Okay. Uh, Promising Young Woman, Last Night in Soho, and Men (laughs) are all movies I've noticed have a very similar kind Mm -hmm. of uh, negative reaction to them. Yes. Which is that very like, oh, it's trying to like, tackle themes that are very prevalent to like the hashtag me too kind of moment, but it's yeah. doing it in this way that feels very like either it's coming from the point of view of a man or it's coming from the view of like a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily feel like Alex Garland was trying to say really anything. I don't think so. I don't think he was trying to make way. a movie about women or anything like that. I think he was just making a movie about a woman. About a woman. But a woman. It's like a, it's yeah, it's like a, a woman but in trouble. <laughs> I could see how people would, interpret the ending as like she saw her abusive dead husband in all of these men mm-hmm. and that none of these men actually were doing anything wrong. You inflicted that image upon them. Like I could see yeah. how that could be read that way, especially cause we don't know how much of what she's experienced in the movie. Yeah. Was we real don't know what's real. What's yeah. So I could see, cause like when he got born out of it, like the final Rory Kinnear turned into her husband, I was like, uh Oh, I feel like you could definitely read that as like, yeah. 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 Like you just saw your husband in all these men mm-hmm. because you're so traumatized. Yeah, the trauma. I think the worst offender of the three. Well, no, Last Night in Soho is one of the I mean, worst I haven't seen I've ever seen. It's uh, I heard it's, that like at the end though it like blames sex work. Like sex work's the yes, problem. 100%. Yeah. It blames sex workers and the villain of the movie is actually a sex worker and we should be horrified from her for being basically forced into prostitution and uh Last Night in Soho is fucking terrible. The thing about Promising Young Woman, besides the, what are you doing? Um, is the, 
the movie resolves with, you know who could actually solve this? Cops. You know who I actually agree. in real life famously does not know how to prosecute or uh, handle sex crimes? No, Cops. I agree. And I understand why it has that white feminist kind of like label put on it. Because I actually enjoyed the film quite a bit, actually. I liked it. I thought it had a very... It didn't always work, but when it worked, it really worked. It had a weird balance between being both campy and funny, but also very dark and very serious. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, this is a pretty difficult thing to straddle. Um, like the scene where she like tells Connie Britton that her like daughter is like about uh, to get like raped on college campus. I was like, yeah. this is a pretty fucking like bold scene to do in this day and age, but okay. Um, mm. But the ending was like, yeah. And, and also she trusts that lawyer that feels bad for mm-hmm. defending rapists. I was like, no, wait, I you think like what the movie would have ended. The movie would have had such a good ending. One thing we're about to spoil. I'm about to spoil the end and promising young woman. But I think the movie, if it just ended with her dying and just, yeah, and nothing happened out of it and, and she died nothing for nothing. Happens. It would have been very fucked up, but it would have been so, powerful it in it's so like powerful. hopelessness. Yeah. It would have been fucking incredible, but it's just like, that is my fan edit. You know, people will like how I made the Taylor Swift lover, but good playlist or people will just, right. that's going to be my fan edit. The promising young woman is that it just ends with like her body face down to the bed. I but I also think edit. that like, I get why people are like, it's a pretty psychotic decision for the main character, like to basically die. Like, yeah, like that was pretty crazy. And well, that's the whole gag of Margaret though. <laughs> Is that it's like about somebody like inserting themselves into somebody else's life and somebody else's tragedy. Yeah. 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 I think that maybe hmm, it's hard. It's hard. Promising a woman is hard because it's like she Mm -hmm. wants the character to be like unhinged. Like there's even that scene she has with the mother of the, the, her friend who's dead. Like that's, and she's like, stop, like just Mm -hmm. move on. Um, it's hard to make a character who's unhinged and flawed, but then is also like supposed to be this like cavalier hero too. Mm-hmm. The movie, that's why I think I was impressed by it. Cause I feel like it takes a lot of swings and it works like I would say 60% of the time. I think it's a really, and it, she won the Oscar for the screenplay. I think it's a feat in screenplay. I think it's a really good screenplay. I agree. Cause I, like I said, I feel like it does a lot of things that are very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Carrie Mulligan's performance, like, seals the deal. Like the movie wouldn't work at all without that performance. Uh, Cause we have to like her, even though she makes decisions that are like pretty insane. Yeah. Um, and that we don't just write her off as like mentally unwell or like just mm-hmm. like an, an hysterical woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like the movie really tries to like take the hysterical woman trope and kind of like rip it apart in front of yeah. our eyes. So I think it's cool. Yeah. But the ending was misguided for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of misguided, is there anything gay about this movie? I think there's one thing, and it's Roy Kinnear's dick. Yeah. Um, there's some good dick. dick in this movie. A24 yeah. really be give us dick. That's some, is, you think that's Roy Kinnear's <laughs> dick? He has a we fat should, dick. Let's ask him. Yeah, Roy is You want to DM him and ask him? Yeah, I do. Well, I was wondering. I was like, why do I know him? What do I recognize him from? I don't know him from anything. Tell me. Yes, you do know him from something. What? He is iconically the prime minister and black mirror in the episode where the prime minister fucks the pig. Holy fucking shit. I haven't seen that episode in so long. He fucks the pig. That's right. He fucks the pig with his fat dick. Wow. His dick just, he's just dick out and everything. Mm-hmm. That pig was like, Oh boy. I've never, yeah. I never feel been like with a man as big as you. I will say that I appreciate a lot of modern directors wanting to put a lot more dick in movies. And that'll probably be the Gaipa winner for men is just like dick in movies. Like, yeah. thank you for putting <laughs> some good old flaccid dick in movies. Flaccid, you know? just fat. And he had some, some balls too. There were some balls I mean, in that you movie. Know, you're going to have to have it. Like, I feel like if you're going to show your dick on camera and it's your actual dick, you probably want to at least be aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to be distractingly large like Willem Dafoe's. Ugh, I would die to have that footage. Die. Like the test footage of them being like, absolutely not. Or the, yeah. <laughs> it's like in a movie where they like have the screening room in Hollywood and it's like, this movie's a bomb. Go to the editing room and fix it. I just want to see, yeah, Lars von Trier, uh, Kevin Feige, I'm trying to think of another, and, and Brian Glazer sitting in a screening room. They're all smoking cigars. And Brian Glazer's like, his dick is too big. 
It's just too big for the screen. It takes up the, the whole screen. screen. Look at the screen. I'm looking at it. It's, it's 90% dick. The funny thing about that, though, is they still got someone with a huge cock to be oh, his body yeah. double in Antichrist. It's hot. The sex scenes Well, in, it's in not hot, hot because she hits it with a log, jerks it off, and then it comes blood, Dylan. Well, I'm talking about the, the scene in the beginning in black and white before oh. their baby falls Oh, when they're window. watching their baby die? Yeah, yeah, they're watching their baby die so and they're having hot. sex in front of their baby. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah that, that was hot. Uh, um, I was like, ooh, straight sex. You're like, okay, hot? maybe not so bad. Maybe my maybe, yeah maybe my type is Charlotte Gainsbourg, uh, I mean but whose isn't? I mean yeah she's gorgeous. Oh, she's gorgeous. But I love yeah I love dick in movies. There was a lot of dick in this. Um, a lot of dick. It, uh, it does mostly the same dick, but it's mostly the same. A dick, lot of it's dick. A, it's a really good dick. It's it's one of our one of our thicker dicks. What's our uh, what's our favorite dick in film? I feel like, <sighs> I mean. Matt Dillon's, or is it Matt Dillon, or is it Kevin Bacon's dick in Wild Things? That changed my life. It it's been is, a while. I think it's Kevin Bacon's dick. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's dick in Wild Things. Um, I was a big fan of Miss Thang's dick in Midsommar. Yes, good dick in that. Good, some good dick in that. Um, I like the, I like, it, it's a small, sad dick, but I love his dick in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's oh, Jason Siegel's dick. dick in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. What an iconic dick moment What a, It's so funny. It's so sad. Uh, incredible dick scene. I like all the dick stuff in Jackass 1. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. About, the, what about the dicks in Under the Skin? We got some erect dick oh, in Under the yes, Skin. yes, there is. You know what else has erect dick is uh, Holy Motors. Oh yeah! Remember they in the sewer? Yeah, for the Kylie scene. Yeah, there's some erect dick in that. I was, I no, 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 it's Eva Mendez's scene. scene. Yeah, Eva, Men- Eva Mendez is uh is in a burka uh, holding the small leprechaun man, and he has a heart on, and they're in the sewer. I what love a great that movie. movie. Perfect movie. What a great movie. Leia's, um, um, but like, I, it's it's funny we're naming a, like a lot of movies from not too long ago. That really is a new thing. Yeah, like a, well, a formative dick, and like, I mean, still not that sold this millennium, but like in Sideways, uh, that might have been the first dick I saw on screen when I was thirteen. Was it I Thomas Hayden Church's dick? No, it's like uh, it's I can't remember the context, but uh, uh, Paul, what's his name? Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti's like running into his car and this like naked guy runs after him and like run, rubs his dick against the, against oh, the window. Oh, I vaguely, yeah. it's been a while. It's oh, been fuck. a while. What movie is it where somebody's in, an ele- uh, in a limo and it's like their dick is pressed against the window and it's like rolling up? It's like a recent movie. I don't uh, remember. I don't, I don't think it might have been Trainwreck. I don't know. Uh, there might be some dick in that. But yeah, is that it? I mean, I've seen, like, there's a lot of European movies I've seen with Dick, but it's just so different in a European film because you're like, yeah. this is just It doesn't like, count. It doesn't count because it's like, it's not surprising because of course no. there's Dick in this. But the, the I mean, it's a fake Dick with Boogie Nights. I mean. A bitch. I mean. Do you think you can handle that? Michelle, can you uh, handle that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I couldn't handle it soft. <laughs> Yeah, it's unreal. No, like, I, mean, it's not I real, famously, like, it's I famously like cannot do that. Like I cannot. Same. I'm a top. Same. Because I'm scared. I'm scared of average penises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what does Bruno say in the in the wrestling scene at the end of the movie? He goes, my ass is for shitting only. What movie is that? Bruno. Oh, he says that in Bruno. Whenever he's like Johnny America, or whatever at the end, it's like, yeah, my ass is for shitting. Uh, yeah, that's me, baby. And, and he's right. He's right. That's what God made it for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think telling someone that you can, can't play the piano and then like, A, actually playing the piano and then B, creating this complex uh, like vocal harmony in a tunnel. Yeah. That's gay. It's yeah. Like, oh, the, music, the, the musicality of Miss Harper the mm. untapped potential. Like was come very through Miss Tunyards. She's out there. Yes, bitch. She's doing harmony. She's doing I would say that the, out, the outfits she wears in this movie are very gay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alex Garland definitely had some gay uh, on the costume design. It was He was like, like gloves. He was like he was like cool tones are very in right now. Yes. <laughs> we'll get her an olive green and like a burgundy red. 
It's incredible. Yeah, she dressed like uh, PJ Harvey on the cover of White Chalk. Oh, uh, yeah. She has a white chalk outfit. <laughs> and she has like a, almost like a Suspiria 2018 outfit. It's incredible. Yeah. It's I, good shit. Yeah. Harper's, Harper's great. Uh, I will say this. I have another criticism for no. men. Let's, let's throw it on the pile. Let's just pile it on. I will say that I think it's kind of ironic that you're making a movie about a woman's experience with men. And the only thing we know about her character is that she has a dead husband. That's it. We don't yep. know what she does, what she likes, what she doesn't like. She has, like, no personality. Like, Jesse no. Buckley did what she could. Now, to be fair, I said that to my boyfriend last night. And then after I said it, I was like, but in most horror films, they don't really have a character other than being, you know, yeah, stalked by something. So I exactly. guess I can't yeah. be too hateful about it. Also, no one has a character in this movie. Oh, no. It's all a Metaphor. metaphor. For trauma. Mm-hmm. For trauma. Yeah, and on straight movies, we don't like trauma. We love trauma. 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 Is there anything else gay about this movie? Um, I mean, men having birthing other men is a little gay. Yeah, that was, well, that was just, that was ungodly, so I guess it was gay. <laughs> yeah, that was against the Lord. That was against uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, we're not gonna go to church on a Sunday, are we? Because we watched men. <laughs> I watched men on a Sunday. Oh yeah, you did. That was your church, baby. I yeah. There's nothing much because like not a lot happens in this movie. This movie is boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my problem with the it's Dylan. Is like, like it's boring. like how I felt about us. It's like the first half of us is Dude. like a pretty standard boring home invasion movie, and then it's interesting in the second half, which ironically is what people didn't like about it. I was like, but it's only cool in the second half. Yeah, look, us us is incredible because it's a class metaphor, and we don't have enough class metaphors. In yeah, time, and I, I agree. It. More more class metaphors, but I feel like men. I would have probably given him in like a three because it was just kind of boring, but it was like still pretty to look at and it had scary moments. It was the birthing scene was getting it up. Like I was like, Ooh, this is, this is something. And then when she birthed her dead husband or he birthed the dead husband, I was like, ah, this is a fucking two. (laughs) I do need to add it to my playlist of, is this movie good? Or is the ending just crazy? I feel like that is a very Dylanism. Like, I feel yeah. like you like will forgive everything about a movie. If it's got like a really, if it nails it, yeah, if it nails I mean, it, I'll, that's I'll my issue. It. I don't think it nailed it, but oh, it, it was definitely it. audacious, and I gotta respect the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't want to watch Men, but you want to watch something a little gayer, we're gonna go to our gay recommendation sections where we recommend a movie that's uh, a little gayer than the one we just watched. We talked about it earlier. Hereditary. Just fucking watch Hereditary if you've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, I'm sure Hereditary. that a lot of people have. Yeah, but rewatch Hereditary. Yeah. Why seen. not? It's it's a movie about trauma. Yeah, see see how funny it is. See, watch how it's funny. Whenever Gabriel Byrne is on fire, that's cool, man. Oh, love it! I have love a shirt. It. Oh, it's incredible. I love it. What was the other the other flick you wanted so to talk about? So I section? wanted to talk about a another A twenty four horror flop that I Ooh. adore to pieces, and I think more people should see. What is it? It is called The Black Coat's Daughter, and it Hi. stars Kiernan Shipka. Emma Roberts, and it is a slow, sad, boring, dreadful (laughs) little movie about girls in a boarding school who are, like, weirdly haunted by something, and none of it makes any sense, and it is just truly, like, the most cold, (coughs) excuse me, cold and just, like, utterly hopeless and bleak movie I've ever seen in my life. It (laughs) fucking rules. I loved it. It's directed by... Oz Perkins, who is not only Anthony Perkins' son, but also, or grandson, Uh, I don't know which one, but also directed the terrible Gretel and Hansel remake that came out a couple uh, of years ago. Yeah. But I actually uh, liked that one okay. He did I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Oh, I love that movie. That movie rules. Oh, so if you liked, okay, if you liked I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, because that movie made actually no sense. Yeah, The Black Coat's Dodor makes a little bit more sense. Okay. But it's still that very, like, Ooh, like <laughs> we're just vibing and nothing is happening, but it's creepy. Hell yeah. I'm telling you, everyone, like the Black Coat's Daughter is probably one of the best underseen horror films of the last 10 years. Like I, Kiernan Shipka is so horrifying in it. Like she's okay. creepy. She's a creepy bitch in it. It's good. Okay. I'll give it a watch. Yes, I'm yes. curious. Yeah, Dylan. I want to know what you think. 
Lucy Boynton's in it? Okay. Oh, yeah, bitch. We love it's Lucy Boynton. It's got a Boynton. cast, mama. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, men. 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 What's this, the Simpsons thing where it's like the, the fake view and the panelists go, men, and all the audience starts booing? That's how I feel like uh, the reaction of men has been. They just say well, men. Well, you know, going. he... Chose to cho- he chose to call this movie Men. He probably didn't like after watching the movie and like you said, feeling like people are misinterpreting the message of the movie. It's like, well, the reason why they're misinterpreting the message, Alex, is because you called it Men. Yeah. So of course people are going to think it's a metaphor for well, men. Yeah. And not just the specific one thing. So it's not a good title. It's not. A yeah. Good title. It's a funny title. Funny title. I can't wait to see how this movie ages. I'm very curious. You are like already like, I'm going to be that girl that's like, I liked men from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're going to write I the reappraisal article so in 10 years. Things. Well, I, I, I think it was always very clear that Suspiria 2018 and a couple of other films were going to have that happen to them. And I feel like that's already kind of happening. Oh, I was, um, girl, I saw Jennifer's body opening night. Oh, every gay saw Jennifer's body. It was like, this that's movie's the hilarious. Why you. does everyone hate this? I know. <laughs> Jennifer's body was perfect. It's... Whatever, it's fine. Um, let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Let's start giving birth to each other. Mm. What if that's how we end this podcast? Do you want to come out of my mouth, my back pussy, or my asshole? I want to come out of your asshole, Kirk. Feet first or head first? Feet first. <laughs> I want to feel it all the way down. <laughs> you can find me, Dylan, on Twitter at DaddyJanDeck, on Instagram at Garcede, and on Letterboxd also at Garcede. And my name is Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle, and you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. And also, you can follow us, our podcast, Straight People Movies, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok really? at str8ppl movies. Also, Dylan, you know how we're doing that little contest, yes. right? Yes. I just realized that you can't write reviews on Spotify, so I'm dumb. Oh, it's okay, but we have some on Apple Podcasts. Beautiful. But it's fine. <laughs> but continue to rate and review us. Yeah, just rate or rate and review. Rate Whichever and one review. you're able to do, please do Whichever so. Whichever one, five stars only. All right. We love you so much. Men. Men. And now came talk. Talk. Talk.